I'm going to call the um, Planning Commission meeting of February 6th uh, to order. We do have a, a quorum. And uh, the, the first item of business uh, is beyond the roll call is uh, public comment. We don't have any uh, registrants for public comment uh, other than on the um, public hearing items. Uh, the next item is communications, disclosures, and recusals. Do any members of the body have any uh, of those? Uh, seeing none. Uh, the minutes of January 23rd meeting uh, you have. Are there any corrections to those minutes? If not, I'd like to have a motion. Motion by Commissioner Oath with the second by Commissioner Rui to approve, I'm assuming. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. aye. Opposed? Uh, motion carries. Uh, the next item of business is schedule of meetings. Uh, the next regular scheduled meetings are um, uh, February 20th and uh, March 6th and March 20th. Uh, we have, do have a special meeting on the comprehensive plan working session on Thursday, February 23rd as well. Under uh, new business items, we have one item. Excuse me. Oh, oh sorry. Commissioner Rui. Uh, under scheduled meetings, I will not be here for March 6th. And uh, that indicated when the meeting was being scheduled, I will not make February 3rd or February 23rd special meeting either. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Rui. Uh, Commissioner King. Uh, same thing on February 23rd, and I'm trying to figure that out. It's long-range transportation, and um, several of us are on that. But uh, there's this huge project neighboring my district, as you know, that might be discussed. And if that happens, I'll have to be there. Uh, just to, to note, I know that uh, uh, Commissioner Poliski and I am on, also on the long-range transportation planning committee. We meet that night, but we're, we're being excused from that uh, commitment in order to attend uh, this meeting. Um, any others? Commissioner Berger. Sorry, I can be there for the special one, but just wanted to verify the time. Is it 5 to 7? Okay. Thank you. Um, moving on to new business. Uh, we have one item. That's Legistar uh, 45285, adopting Madison in motion as the City of Madison's long-range transportation systems plan, policy framework, and resource for future transportation investments as a supplement to the City of Madison's comprehensive plan. Um, we have Dave Thorbridge um, here to give us a presentation tonight on the plan. I know you have, as usual, lots of business to attend to, so I thought I, even though it is a transportation plan, what, my mic, okay, uh, even though it is our long-range transportation plan, I wanted to focus on those items that were more akin to uh, land use and transportation system coordination uh, and, and to move it right along. Um, However, this was a choice that we did not make in the 50s, thank goodness. Imagine what that would have done to the, much of the isthmus. Um, but this, uh, this type of a freeway recommendation was something that many communities did, in fact, build in the era of progress and the Interstate um, uh, Act of, of 1955. And they're now going in, in many cases, taking these 
type of facilities down. But when we made the choice not to have a high-powered roadway facility serve our central uh, city to, to the great benefit of the neighborhoods in Tenniel Lapham and Marquette and uh, endless uh, residents, we sort of cast our, our fate, I guess, to being more reliant on transit, biking, and walking. And um, so as our traditions and our principles have uh, over the years guided our transportation system development, we need to continue to be mindful of that. So right in the resolution that created Madison in Motion, uh, help make Madison more walkable, bikeable, and transit-oriented. That is uh, the, the directive that we've been given. And we're doing a good job of that in the city, in fact. Um, our bicycle system is rated as a platinum bike city, one of only a handful in the country to achieve that. Um, our transportation, our, pu our public transit system is, is also uh, in the top 20 in, in riders per capita, right between Seattle and Denver. So, I mean, we, we really have uh, done a great deal, but um, certainly we need to do more and, and ensure that all members of our community can, uh, can benefit from the system um, equally. So what's important to us in our mission is to emphasize transportation choice to provide good options for people to use and to support all the good work that you do here in implementing our comprehensive plan and our neighborhood plans. Uh, that's a very important theme of this whole process to make sure that we're respecting the neighborhood plans and, and neighborhood development plans throughout the city and to hopefully have this uh, project be a guide to implementation, a guide to the development of projects over time. So Madison in Motion includes uh, a number of things, policies, long-term routes and, and visions for the bike system and transit system, um, identifies best practices to help us as we rebuild our streets and, and really develop detailed plans for that. It does not have a list of individual projects, though, as that uh, those types of, of uh, activities are developed in, in the context of our capital and our operating budgets, and hopefully this can be a guide to that, but not to replace the need to do that, that capital and operate, operating budgeting. So we've done a lot of outreach as part of Madison in Motion. Everybody's got a different transportation story to tell. Everybody has unique needs, uh, and we've done a very good job of, uh, of trying to tap into everybody's unique stories and, and what we heard help guide our, our process. Land use and transportation system coordination. Um, this is nothing new to you. Uh, you've seen the updates from the comprehensive plan team. Uh, my colleagues, we are growing um, at, at a clip of about 25,000 people per decade in, in Madison. Um, again, this is nothing that's uh, foreign to you. The idea that we have places within our region that are stable and are not going to change much, and we have opportunities for redevelopment and development uh, as well. So when you look at parks and natural areas, and more stable uh, residential and commercial areas. Um, this purple is really kind of the only areas that we have uh, for redevelopment um, and, and new development as well uh, in our, our urban area. So we need to be very careful of how we develop and do it in a way that uh, is reflective of our goals and, and mission as a community, but also looking at how transportation and land use work together uh, and to grow accordingly. So our idea is to come up with Something uh, that, again, is nothing new to you. The activity center planning is, could be called transit-oriented development or uh, any other number of descriptors, but the idea is to have a mix of, of land uses uh, within, uh, within specific areas and have the transportation system be integrated right into that. High-frequency transit, biking and walking uh, amenities as well. 
just some images. Uh, this is really starting to take shape, take shape up along the East Rail Corridor, East Wash. Uh, it's very exciting. But again, this is a different type of a density uh, that you wouldn't see in other places like uh, these images show. The point being we have to really be mindful of the, the context and the neighborhood uh, character that we're trying to blend into as we redevelop uh, older parts of the city. Other examples of projects you see all the time um, uh, in different parts of the city. So I just want to show this graphic because I think it's important in understanding how people are making choices of driving to work right now. You can see on the, on the right in the city of Madison, about seven out of ten work trips are made by the car, whether it's carpooling or driving alone. Um, having close to 10% transit uh, mode share as well is very good for a city our size, uh, biking and walking as well. It's very impressive numbers. Uh, we haven't forgotten about cars. They're, they're certainly here to stay. Um, but what's important, I think, to look at is in certain geographic areas of the city, certain census blocks, you can see that mode share, this is biking, for example, is much higher than uh, what you would see citywide. The citywide numbers kind of dilute the impact of that. So you see the near-end neighborhoods that have very good uh, path systems like the Southwest Commuter Path or the Capital East um, Cap City Trail, excuse me, have a much higher uh, bike mode share, almost 20% in some of these near-end neighborhoods. Uh, similarly with transit, where you have very good transit service uh, available to you and you have uh, the types of land use configuration, uh, people are, in some cases, almost 30% uh, transit ridership. So when you have a short transit trip, good service, and the alternative is very high-cost parking or you don't want to own a car, people will make different choices. And I think what we're trying to replicate throughout the city is this idea of activity center planning, and that is one of the key recommendations, is that we do activity center plans uh, in many of these areas highlighted in, in the colored uh, on, on this map. You can also see that Connect Madison. I don't know if that's been the plan commission uh, yet. The economic development strategy probably coming soon. Um, very close uh, collaboration with uh, the folks in the ED area in terms of geographic and, and spatial location of their innovation districts, opportunity zones. And so uh, we really are looking at this very much in a collaborative manner. Just some images of uh, corridors that we're seeing some activity center work now being done. This is in the Cottage Grove. Road area along Park Street, there are some opportunities, I think, uh, that we can, can look, uh, look toward, as well as uh, this, the Oscar Meyer area. We're going to be starting up a, a special area planning process in this activity center. Uh, also, we are hopeful that uh, transportation will be at the forefront of that, that effort. This is an image from Westgate that shows where the transit, this kind of circular uh, drive is actually, would actually be a transit turnaround. So what we'd like to do is over time as these areas develop to have transit be a real center point of, of the development. And this is in the Dutch Mill area, the Beltline and Stoughton Road, where we might expect a little bit lower density than you might otherwise at Westgate, just given the market dynamics. So we have to tailor these activity center planning exercises to the type of uh, urban context that exists there. So again, Doing activity centers and having transportation and land use looked at very, uh, very closely together uh, is a strong recommendation of the plan. I just wanted to touch quickly on bus rapid transit because uh, it's an important recommendation coming out of our plan. We do have some funds now in the budget to move this forward, um, and it has a profound effect on, on land use. 
BRT, for those of you who don't know it, are large articulated buses, high capacity buses, uh, nice station amenities, um, a very high quality type of service, fast. This is a map that shows um, where people of lower income are more and more being displaced to, away from the core transit routes. Um, and what you're seeing is, uh, it's kind of hard to read, but the darker shade is, uh, if you live in those areas, you have a much higher, a much better access to a large number of jobs in our region. And you're seeing where people are being pushed to further and further, uh, having access to jobs by transit within a reasonable time is becoming more and more um, of a challenge. As part of our uh, outreach, we, we went out to transfer points because we know people are transferring. So we just put up a board and started talking to people and try to get their story. You know, what is your transit trip like? And um, it's really disheartening to hear people have to say that they have to transfer once or twice. Uh, and, and a one-way trip is 90 minutes. Um, and they're, you know, these people are trying to get to jobs. They're, they're, they're really doing their best. And uh, our transit system really wasn't set up to... Uh, to, to meet that need. So we really need to, to do a better job of, of trying to improve that condition for those people. So BRT is much faster. Uh, again, I said we have nice stations. Uh, an important component is off-board fare payment, that second-to-last bullet. That's where um, when the bus comes up to the station, the doors open, everybody piles on, everybody piles off. You don't waste a lot of time taking everybody's individual ticket. Um, that's a very important component of BRT that really speeds up the service and provides a much higher quality uh, trip for, for the bus users. Here's a map uh, showing the routes that we'd like to go towards. We're not going to be able to build all four of these legs right away, but certainly with um, some funds that were put in the capital budget last year to move this forward, we can maybe do part of this, and that's going to be a, an important exercise with the community over the next oh, year or so. Um, to pick the, the first uh, corridors that move forward. And again, those areas that are, are not right on the line, we need to find good ways to get people to them. It's sort of the, what's called the first mile, last mile conundrum. Um, we, and the plan recommends that we uh, do a particular effort to, to make sure that even though the BRT routes are going to be very fast and provide a very high-quality service, if you don't live right on the line, we need to find ways to get you there safely and efficiently. So that'll be a standalone exercise that'll be part of the BRT study as well. So there's lots of stuff in the plan about bikes and roadways and pedestrians, but I think I'll stop there uh, and, and take questions unless somebody has a specific um, issue that they'd like to, 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 uh, to go down towards. I do have other, other stuff I can show you if, if it's of particular interest tonight. Do members have uh, questions for um, um, Mr. Thornbridge? Yes, Commissioner Carter. Yeah, I was wondering that, and I don't recall, but has Madison ever had express buses? Well, We had some version of that when I first moved here 23 years ago. Like between East Town and West Town, there were some that had limited stops. Limited stop service. And, right. But they were, they were essentially considered express buses. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could get, if I could get on one, I used to walk three blocks to get to one, and I could get where I was going 20 minutes faster than taking the normal route. So, I mean, 
He had some version of that at some point. Yeah, and I thought you meant, I'm sorry, I thought you meant expressed from other communities like Oregon or Verona or something like that. Oh. I wasn't aware that that was ever in place. But certainly, um, you know, BRT is intended to be that kind of express service where it's very frequent. You don't have to look at a schedule. You know a bus is going to come by in eight minutes, um, and it doesn't stop every block like many of our metro routes do. It would be every half mile, every third mile. So really intended to speed up that core core route. And until we can get this up and running, is there any possibility of getting the limited um, stops buses back? Certainly Metro can, can consider doing something like that on certain routes, but it's very difficult in the budget times that they, the budget challenges that they have, as well as if somebody's having service reduced, you know, that there's a lot of pushback for people who are who are now able to get on the bus where they would skip their stop, for example. So it's it's a, a challenge, but it's something Metro looks at all the time because they want faster service to the periphery as well. Yeah, welcome, Commissioner Oath. Uh, thanks, Dave. I actually read through the. I thought it was well, well done. Two quick questions. The first is um, I recently came back from Indianapolis, and I noticed that they have a number of locations of the downtown area in which they put uh, hybrid cars, electric cars they haven't plugged in. They call them the Indy Blue or something like that. They're like Toyota Priuses or something like that. And they're available for anybody to just sort of come get on rent them, take them out. Has any thought been given to something like that in downtown Madison to, for, to eliminate cars, I guess, that are in the area? And then secondly, um, I know it's a Dane County airport, but has any thought been given to transit improvement or roadway improvements that would come off the interstate to the airport? So the travelers from one side of town to the other side of town would have a better access to the airport? Yeah, well, your first question, uh, certainly car sharing is, is kind of the, uh, I think what you're describing in Indianapolis, we've had companies that have come to us. Uh, we had some regulatory issues that wouldn't work car to go, where you, you essentially are a subscriber to the service. Um, and you can you can get in it wherever an app tells you it's located, and if you're within a zone, you can just park it anywhere. Um, so there there is some interest, and there is recommendations in here that that call to uh, to explore that as is a possible uh, circulation option downtown. As far as the airport goes, um, when we do the bus rapid transit study and, and dig into that, definitely providing better service to the airport is something that's always on the top of the list for uh, for people to have that transit option. Um, the other thing that's coming up, as I mentioned, is that Oscar Meyer plan, and I'm getting comments from people in the public that think that's really a great location for an intermodal type of a, a facility that could could bring in uh, certain types of inner city buses or have a direct shuttle to the airport. I mean, it's only a, less than a mile away, um, and, and maybe maybe even the rail corridor could be used for for part of that. So uh, definitely, there's reference in there to you know looking at that, but. Uh, we haven't made any, any final decisions or anything like that to that. Any other questions for Mr. Throwbridge? Throwbridge? Throwbridge. Okay. <laughs> Seeing none, thank you very much. Uh, well, we're looking for a motion on, on this item.
Okay, Commissioner Zellers. Okay, I do also have an amendment, but I think I need to move the um, this first. Adoption so of the plan. I move adoption. Okay. So we have a motion by Commissioner Zellers with a second by Commissioner King. Um, and if I could now, um, I would like to add a uh, further be it resolve clause, um, which would be um, in between the current be it resolved and the be it finally resolved. And that would read, be it further resolved that staff will identify five priority action items from among the one to five year action items within each of the thematic goals. And for each of those identified action items, we'll define who, when, and what will be done to accomplish the selected priority action items with accompanying measures of success. Okay. Um, we have a motion to adopt the plan with the amendment. Um, can we consider both at the same time? That, that would okay. be fine with me. Okay. Uh, all those in favor of the, the adoption of the plan with the amendment as outlined by Commissioner Zellers, signified by saying aye. Aye. Uh, those opposed, nay. Uh, motion carries. Uh, thank you, Commissioner. Okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, moving on to um, moving on to the next items on the agenda, uh, the public hearing items. We have uh, some items on tonight for consent. Uh, We have light. Okay. Uh, we have some items on the agenda that are on consent uh, referral and uh, uh, placed on file. And we'll go through those first. Uh, the consent items are those items uh, which uh, staff believes that the application has been sufficient, uh, re sufficiently reviewed by uh, city staff. Um, to, yes. I'll do that after I read what, what the purpose of consent is, okay? Okay. Um, and those are the items uh, on consent. Again, those are the items that uh, has a sufficient review by city departments and, um, and various uh, 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 staff. Uh, uh, and, and the applicant has accepted all the conditions which have been in, in place on the item and that there are no individuals to um, uh, speak in opposition of those items. Uh, on consent and referral tonight, we have uh, items five and six are uh, referred to uh, March 6th. Uh, item seven is, uh, it is an item that we're placing on file without prejudice. Uh, item eight and um, uh, is an item that we have on consent, and uh, we've pulled item nine off. Is that correct? Um, so, are, does anyone want to pull item eight, which is the only remaining item on consent off the consent agenda? 
Well, item nine has been pulled off by, by uh, a request of one of the commission members. Okay, so we'll go through those items. Um, again, item five uh, is uh, Legislature 45542. Uh, uh, creating a city ordinance to change the zoning of property located at 302 South Gammon Road uh, from suburban employment district to mixed use center district. And again, that's referred to March 6th with a companion item of Legistar, uh, item six, Legistar 45251, consideration of a demolition permit to demolish uh, an office building as part of a planned uh, redevelopment in a mixed-use center district uh, zoning of uh, 302 South Gammon Road. Again, that's uh, referred to March 6th Planning Commission meeting. Item number seven, uh, Legislature 45526, uh, consideration of a conditional use to convert a single-family residence to a daycare center at 1413 Wildwood Drive. Uh, the staff is recommending that this item be placed on file without prejudice. The applicant has withdrawn uh, this application. Item number eight is the consent item, uh, consent uh, legislature 45527, consideration of a demolition permit to demolish a single family residence and construct a new single family residence at 701 Ottawa Trail. Uh, do we have a motion on the consent and referral items? Uh, motion by Commissioner Rui. Do we have a second? Second by Commissioner Berger. All those in favor of the consent and referral items and uh, the uh, item number seven to place on file uh, signify by saying aye. All those opposed, nay. Motion carries. Okay. Now we'll move on to the items that aren't on consent. We have um, uh, four remaining items. And um, I'll open the public hearing for, uh, I'm sorry, do we have any speakers on that? Okay, okay. Um, I'll open the public hearing for items two, three, and four. They're, they're all related. Okay. And I'll read the items first. Uh, item number two is Legislature 45541, uh, creating a section of the Madison General Ordinance to change the zoning of property located at 1302 to 1430 Reiner Road uh, from Ag, Agricultural District, to Traditional residence, Residential uh, Consistent 3 District and creating a section of the Madison General Ordinance to change the zoning of property located at 1302 to 1430 Reiner Road from Agriculture District to Traditional Residential Urban One District. A related item is uh, legis uh, item three, Legislature 45250, approving the preliminary plat and final plat of Woods Farm on property addressed at 1302 to 1430 Reiner Road. And uh, item number four, Legislature 45533, consideration of a demolition permit to demolish two single family residents on lands addressed at 1302 to 1430 Reiner Road. 
as part of the implementation of the Wood Farms subdivision. We have, again, I'll open the public hearing. We have two, right, oh, I'm sorry, yes. Thank you, Commissioner Roy. We'll have the staff report. Commissioner, our staff member, Parks. Here I was thinking I was off the hook. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Rui, for putting me back <laughs> on the hook. Uh, just very briefly, uh, the Woods Farm Subdivision Proposal 1302 through 1430 Rhino Road is a request to rezone uh, 60 acres of land, approximately 60 acres of land, uh, from agricultural zoning to TRC3 and TRU1. Uh, preliminary and final plats to create 131 single-family lots. 11 lots that are proposed for development with four unit dwellings. And in general, those 11 TRU1 zoned multifamily lots will surround a larger uh, four and a half acre uh, lot that will be uh, developed with multifamily residences. The multifamily residences will come to you uh, under a subsequent application for conditional use approval in TRU1. However, the 11 other TRU1 lots that will surround it uh, will not. They are proposing permitted uses at this time. Uh, staff has reviewed this uh, along with agencies including uh, City Engineering Division, Traffic Engineering Division, and the Parks Division. Janet Schmidt from the Parks Department uh, is seated right behind me and can address the memo from uh, Eric Knapp, the Parks Superintendent, about the adequacy of one of the four proposed outlots uh, shown on the subdivision plat uh, that the developer uh, proposes to dedicate for parkland. The other three outlots will be for stormwater management, uh, including one that includes a field-located wetland. Uh, we have a series of conditions on numbering 83 uh, in the last section of the staff report. A number of those are major non-standard comments. Despite uh, the number of conditions proposed, staff feels that the plat is consistent with the recommendations in the Northeast Neighborhoods uh, Development Plan from 2009. Uh, included in our report is a review of the project's consistency with an extensive list of sustainability goals that were uh, included in the adopted plan uh, from 2009 and carried through through the uh, Central Urban Service Area Amendment that included this site uh, with a larger area that was added to the Urban Service Area in 2010. Uh, we feel that the site is uh, reasonably well served by city services. It is a newly developing area. It is the first project uh, of any consequence uh, in the Northeast Neighborhoods Plan, and we realize that the site is somewhat isolated now, but we anticipate over the next 5 to 15 years that the site uh, will be surrounded by other developments that will connect the road network, uh, make uh, service delivery more efficient, etc. Uh, so again, we are recommending approval of the demolition of two houses at 1318 and 1402 Reiner Road, the rezoning of the site to TRC3 and TRU1, and the Woods Farm subdivision plat uh, with the conditions as enumerated in the final section of the staff report. I'd be happy to answer any questions uh, about everything, not including the park, uh, which I will defer to Ms. Schmidt after the public hearing. Thank you very much. Okay. I'll now open the public hearing. Uh, we have... Um, uh, one individual that would like to speak, Mike Calkins at uh, 5010 Vogues Road in Madison uh, with Schneider and Associates. Mr. Calkins, hi. 
Thank you. You have three minutes. Okay. I'm here tonight uh, with one of the developers, uh, the owners, uh, Ray Yonker of North Point Construction. We've received the, uh, the comments and staff report. We've uh, acknowledged each of those conditions. Um, the parks memo, um, in speaking with the developer and looking at alternatives to the location proposed, we're, we're comfortable with the location shown or the referenced in the uh, the letter, I believe it's plots P63 through P80. Uh, in that general location, something in the four to six acre area, depending on the densities that are, are finalized after working through other items with staff. So if there's any other questions, um, concerns that the commission might have as it relates to the staff report that we can address, um, we'd be happy to uh, field those questions. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we have one question uh, from Commissioner Rui. Uh, thank you. Uh, if you say you're okay with, uh, was it lot 63 to lot 80 to be park dedication, uh, what happens to uh, Street C, which intersects that? Um, we've got, we've looked at a number of revisions, and some of that is uh, trying to address, even on Street F, the staff's comments to turn those 90 and front those on the collector street. So. There's a number of alternates that, alternatives that that we can address. The, that block, that four to six acre, ideally five acre parkland, um, the grid pattern obviously would, would be modified in that corner. Uh, let me grab it. C would, C would disappear. So this would, would be a... This is uh, this gets you a little more than five acres to this location if all the lots are in there. So you know, we're thinking either fronting these two streets or fronting this street as excess of four acres. So in this general location, providing then the opportunity for the neighboring development to provide an acre or something to get to the five acres is what our thought pattern was. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, any other follow-up questions, that's, that's Commissioner Ray? Uh, Commissioner Zellers. Um, yes, I'm um, just wanting a little bit of clarity. So then if you do de dedicate that to parkland, um, are you also, it was mentioned somewhere in some of the stuff that I read, that there might be then houses on um, outlots, I think, three and four or two and three? Are you planning on doing that? Yeah, we would take that opportunity to place. Along Street D? Yeah, as suggested by staff, along okay. Street D on okay. the north side, yes. And one of the things that they had talked about um, making this unsuitable for parkland was, I think, the um, terrain and the trees. And I'm wondering how that works along that street then. Uh, it will be. The terrain and the, the grades coming down off that road will be subject to how this profile gets set, which will work out with staff. But we we have kind of avoided that because of the grade issue. But there there is the opportunity to modify the profile so that it, there isn't so much relief in that location. So we are hoping to provide that information to them as as a way of securing opportunity to put some lots along that road in exchange for losing. 
the 27 lots that are in that area. Uh huh. And do you know how many trees would be required to come down to do that? Um, because of the stormwater management needs in this area, uh -huh. the roughly where my hand is, there's a stream that runs right through here, or a ditch channel that uh, carries water. The bulk of the trees that are on this slope would be in the stormwater pond area. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you we're not going to remove the trees with the current plan that we have right here because it's stormwater management, open space area in the neighborhood plan. We're looking to utilize it for that, stormwater needs. Right, and, and so you're saying you're taking down the trees for stormwater needs? To provide the stormwater management for the plat is what our proposal is, yes. And that would require taking down trees? Yes. Well, in this area it would, yes. We were, our original proposal, because it was the uh, neighborhood plan calls for it to be open space and stormwater management. We were hoping it would be a passive park dedication that we could take place, and that's why we proposed it that way, in an effort to protect the, as many of the trees as possible. And with the modification of moving the parkland and the densities associated with what the developer needs to, not needs, but would be looking for as far as moving forward with the development, uh, we would be looking to utilize that space for stormwater management or other development. Okay, I, I'm, I'm puzzled. I thought that um, uh, trees um, helped with uh, stormwater uh, management. So why would you be taking them out for stormwater management? To meet the sustainability goals that are in the plat for the lots that are in the unwooded area. There's the need for infiltration and, uh, and rate control. So we are looking to place lots in those areas that do not have the woods and or back up to the woods and then clear the trees from the stream this way, leaving the trees in this corner and developing that property. Um, I, it's still not clear to me why in the area of stormwater management property you would be taking out trees. Uh, uh, that, that doesn't make sense. Because there's, no, in, or, in order the value of the property and the ownership and maintenance of that would be, I guess I'm looking at it from the developer's opportunities to develop the property, the development right associated with it. We we're looking to dedicate it to protect it from a, as a woodland standpoint, but not having that opportunity based on active park space. We're looking to utilize that space either as lots and or as stormwater management. So that the developer, as they per when they purchase the property, they can, I guess, develop the property with obviously some profit in mind. Uh, okay. Are you? Uh, I don't have any other questions. Okay. I still. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Carter. Yes, I'm a bit confused myself. So the stormwater management area might also become developed with houses in that corner. Part, this part right here is proposed for stormwater management. There's lots, based on staff's report, we're planning on putting lots along the, the 
Street here on the north side of the road to compensate for the active park space in these 27 lots in this location. Okay, and originally you were going to put the park, you were going to have a park or you weren't going to have a we park? We were proposing it as dedicated parkland, more of a passive use for trails and other things uh, so that we could leave it in its natural state, which is kind of within the area plan. Versus having an actual park that people can use, correct? Active park, yes. For recreational throwing frisbees and kicking soccer balls and other things. Okay, I'll have to come back to you. Commissioner Rui. Uh, thank you. I'm going up to the northwest corner too, but uh, um, you mentioned that there's a stream going through there? Uh, there's a channel. <coughs> and we had a uh, endangered species uh, study was done on this property approximately 10 years ago and was was clear, but we haven't defined and or I'm not certain whether there was a navigability determination done on that property at that time. I'd have to go back into our that That's where I was heading. Uh, I'm questioning if you could even modify that channel in any way for stormwater management. We, we weren't looking to modify the channel. We were looking to, to treat the water on the east side. Of you it. cannot enlarge it either, but you can and yeah. re release to it at the current. I've seen other, they went through that in Warner Park. <laughs> they couldn't mess with the channel in terms of water flow. Um, so you're not going to mess with the channel. You're going to create the retention area outside of the channel. Correct. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Berger. We're all uh, drilling in on that corner for you. It, you don't have any um, visuals or anything that we can see. I, I know that, you know, you're kind of having to re-evaluate things right. um, very recently. But do you have any anything that you can show us, any plans that show, like, where the, how those lots might look? The last along here. Yeah, the last that means there. If you need to uh, bring the board closer, okay. um, if you can, and I'm sure you can. Because we need you at the podium to speak. Thank you. Okay. And so taking staff's report, this is a plan that we worked on on Friday and, and discussed this morning. Uh, certainly has some fine-tuning to do, but we just wanted to have something available. Mm -hmm. We anticipated some questions about the <laughs> Northwest Corner. So um, <coughs> just, you know, the park and the, the desire, because it's the first plat out here to have a, a good-sized park and that, Neighborhood plan down in this corner, and then we could do some sharing, but then we're not going to get to that area, so there's not going to be an active park available for the residents, and it's the developer's desire to have something for people as they sell lots to go to parkland too. So this location we're good with. It's just the size of it. Looking at the impact on density, there's now 108 lots instead of 131 lots, so there is a significant change. Um, obviously, that saves. E and Lou, which so there's an offset there. We're still vetting through some of that, so that's why, you know, getting some direction on park size or tree protection from 
through the approval process here will certainly help us zero in on a plan that staff and the developer feels appropriate. So, so just to, to clarify then, so, and I can't, you know, I, I don't know if you can even describe in that entire what used to be outlet for the entire northwest corner there. I'm not sure exactly where all the trees are, but I'm assuming what you're saying is the places that you're calling, you know, I know it's just a projection, but that you're putting lots there. There you would potentially remove some trees, but in the part that's labeled outlot four here on this revised map, you probably wouldn't be removing trees extensively, correct? We would still be proposing to remove them from the, the ditch that runs through there to the east and putting the storm ponds in that location. Because you would be putting pounds there. The, the, the shame is a realtor, as a former realtor, I'm thinking, you know, people love lots that back up to trees. They, they could be very, much more valuable lots, uh, you know, than, um, okay, I'm also, I'm not an expert in um, stormwater management, so maybe we'll probably ask some questions of staff afterwards, but I think I see what you're saying. Thanks. Other um, commission members have questions of this applicant? Oh, registrant? Yes, uh, Commissioner Zellers. Um, one um, thing that's in the um, neighborhood development plan is reduced dependence on the automobile. And how is it that you are going to be addressing that in your development? We're providing the sidewalk, all the standard street sections for sidewalks and bike lanes that are required through the approval process in the street sections that are there. But something beyond normal modes of transportation being accounted for, we haven't, I guess I'm not certain what, what items in that neighborhood plan. I can go back through that document and read it um, in detail to, uh, to know what types of things were recommended. Besides just providing bike lanes, and um, there's a path system that staff report calls for to get through this area from east to west. And the uh, sidewalk and grid pattern throughout the streets that are on the layout. Okay, thank you. Reduction of density would be based on the from the proposed to now would be the only response I would have as far as bus traffic from what was proposed originally. Commissioner Rui. Uh, as a developer, since you have to do all the infrastructure, uh, streets, sidewalks, bike lanes, sewer, sanitary, and so forth, would you also be willing to put in that east-west bike path as part of your development? Yeah, I believe it was written in the staff report that would be a requirement of the Okay, I read it as a required easement. I didn't see it as a required um, having a path put in. I'm guessing through the development agreement process that that installation of that bike path would end up being a requirement of the development. Okay, well, that's, that's where I'm heading uh, because it's a, especially in this neighborhood because of the importance of uh, trying to uh, make it less car dependent, having that infrastructure built from day one is very important. Right, so. and, and I can say we, in addressing that staff comment with adding the street on the north side here, as they suggested, the uh, the, the storm ponds and the berm along the that that's where that path is in our mind proposed right now. We provide the ten foot mm -hmm. path on top of this storm berm so that people that are going along that would be following that channel. Best to get built before a house is built. Yeah. We know that. <laughs> Come down that road. 
Thank you. Any other uh, commission members' questions? Yes, uh, Commissioner Carter. Yeah, just to go along with one of the things that you mentioned, um, because this property is, I think it says, um, 2.5 miles from the nearest, um, walking distance from the nearest bus stop. And one of the things that you said that it, you were trying to um, reduce dependence on automobiles. That's one of the goals within the neighborhood plan, yes. Have you contacted Metro about this development? I did not see any comments other than that they were not servicing this area in the staff report. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? Yes, uh, Commissioner Zellers. Sorry, I do have one more. Um, there are a number also of sustainability um, objectives in the uh, neighborhood plan, and I'm wondering uh, what um, is being done to try to uh, meet those sustainability objectives. Um, I can address the uh, stormwater and the... Well, one is energy, uh, reduce energy consumption. One is reduce water consumption. I, I guess I can turn and ask the developer, are your covenants going to... Re uh, you, um, excuse me. Um, we'll have the developer speak for himself. Okay. okay. As far as addressing that comment, I'll, I'll let, you, I'll let uh, Ray speak to that as far as putting in the covenants and and controlling the types of fixtures that are used within the houses to try to accomplish those goals, yes. Okay, thank you. Okay. Making that commitment. Thank you. Um, seeing no other questions, thank you, uh, Mr. Coffins. Um, the next individual that uh, has registered, uh, Ray Yunker, uh, he is the uh, developer with uh, North Point uh, Construction, Inc., um, and uh, you have uh, three minutes. I believe that we have um, a question by Commis Commissioner Zellers. Do, do I do the questions first? Or? Sure. Um, I, I think I'm sort of here. We're sort of dancing around the edge of this. I think part of the problem is that since this is the first development in this neighborhood plan, we can't address all of the parts of the neighborhood plan in our piece. What we've tried to do, and uh, if you actually, I wish we had done this before, we've done it a couple of times where you overlay the neighborhood plan with our plan, you'll find that the streets. We, we have that. Yeah, oh, you can. Guess, so you yes. can see where our plan really does line up with what is called for in the comprehensive plan. It's, it's a difficult for us to address, for example, um, mixed use when that's not really we're just kind of touching it up at the top of the property. So we're, we pushed our density up there. We're, we're trying to comply with the plan, but it's hard for us to kind of be, be everything when we're a relatively small parcel. Most of the parcels beyond this in that area are bigger, and we'll be addressing some of those. I know a piece down the road is, has been purchased from Monona um, State Bank on the east side down to the road and that has more of your multi multi family mixed use zoning and that
particular developer, I think that's their area. We are predominantly home builders. Um, we have a group of five builders that sort of travel together um, in Sun Prairie and DeForest. And, um, we're, we sort of became really attracted to this site because and, of... And I wasn't looking for the mixed use. I was specifically asking about the sustainability objectives okay. and how this meets that. I, and I, I think it's really difficult for us to do that on this small of a piece outside of following the, the guidelines of staff and the actual plan itself. Um, but as far as uh, all of the builders that work in here do use, um, they don't necessarily go to the LEED standards for construction, but many of them do use many of the green building techniques and low-flow faucets and toilets and all of those sorts of things in terms of the construction of the, the homes. Um, and I'm not familiar with the sustainability part of the plan, so I'm not sure how to address your question completely except to say we tried to follow the plan for, that overlays this particular parcel. Um, is there going to be any solar uh, used? Um, I, I don't know how we could require that. On, I mean, it's certainly available, I think, through MG&E. You can... Do that, it wouldn't be restricted by any means in our deed restrictions. Thank you. Okay, uh, any other questions for this uh, individual? Uh, seeing none, thank you, Mr. Younger. Um, those are the last registrants on this item. Uh, close the public hearing. Uh, does, uh, does the commission have questions for staff? Uh, Commissioner Rui. Uh, thank you. On uh, page, this is from the planning division. I got put on the right place. On page uh, 12 of the report, item number 10, it says there will be no vehicle access to Ryan Road for lots 2, 6, 21, 22, 33, and 34. Did you really mean lot 2, or did you mean lot 1? I did not mean lot one, but I also did not mean lot two. So we'll have to fix that. Well, it, could, I, I it would be uh, 621, 22, 33, and 34. Why not lot one? Because there may be, uh, it may be appropriate to have uh, limited driveway access into that. for lot one come forward subsequent to this. Did, did you consult with traffic engineering since Reiner Road is a principal arterial that uh, they had accept driveways uh, from any parcel? All of these conditions were coordinated between a variety of agencies. However, the uh, recommendation to limit access while informed by traffic engineering rests with the planning department to recommend to the planning commission. So there's no guarantee that Lot 1 will have access to Rhino Road, but there's also no reason at this time to preclude it. Well, uh, I, I had a question of uh, park staff, uh, or I'm not sure exactly. Since uh, Street C is going to be eliminated, I have a concern about uh, pedestrian access from that area up to the park. Uh, I think out loud here. I would think that it would be 
in your interest to have bike pad access coming into that park uh, uh, where Street C used to be at, at both ends. Coming coming in from Street C from the south and having access up, up from the north uh, between some of the lots to get into the park instead of the park being totally blocked off from a lot of residences. Oh, well, I'll, I can't really see the display quite well from here, but I agree uh, we wouldn't want to have it completely enclosed by houses on all sides like that. Um, but we'd be happy to work with uh, Calkins on, on a design that would be acceptable. Oh, okay, great, I see. So it does have, it does look like it ha has quite a bit of uh, frontage on the proposed uh, street. And if, if there's a need to have um, like a flag or easement uh, through one of the lots, we'd be happy to work on that too. Thank you. Uh, I'm okay. Yes, Mr. Reed. Also, and I don't know who asked this, uh, because of Street C doing that, and then there's also houses up to the north end uh, along um, Street D. Uh, continuation for, from there up to the bike path system that's being put in, would that be beneficial? East-west bike path? So are you saying going north-south through the, through the proposed lot? To connect up to the bike path? Yeah. That, would you say I that think that would be, um, and we'd be happy to work with engineering on that, on the exact layout of the path and any easement needs through there. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Polsky. Thank you. Um, I don't know who this goes to, but um, for fire protection, where is the fire station and how long does it take to get to this area? Okay. Um, Mr. Parks, can you answer the question? I would be delighted to. Uh, Alder Zellers asked a similar question this morning, so I've written a treatise, none of which has been approved by the fire department, but also none of which has been uh, uh, opposed by the fire department. So the site is within five minutes of two fire stations, fire station 13, engine 13, uh, near Sprecher and Town Center Drive, just south of Interstate 94. Uh, second closest is engine 11, uh, Morgan Way and Nelson Road. Uh, ambulances are approximately eight minutes away, Cottage Grove and Atlas, and Lean Road and Parkside. Also, First Due Ladder Company, uh, Ladder 8, Lean and Parkside is approximately six minutes away, uh, and uh, will be closer still once uh, Lean Road is extended between Felon Road and uh, Reiner Road uh, in the future. Thank you. I appreciate the, the succinct answer. Thank, Thank you, all Aldous Ellis. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Shepard. Uh, for staff, uh, Condition 65 or references um, the fire department uh, should provide, excuse me, that information should be provided to potential buyers about fire suppression equipment in the homes. Could you just talk, of, is that sort of a standard, is that something standard to put in as a condition? Just explain that. Yeah, just that's uh, condition 65, yeah. uh, which uh, says provide the following information to the buyer of each individual lot. The Madison Fire Department recommends the installation of a residential fire sprinkler system in accordance with uh, specific standards at both the state and national levels. Uh, that's a common yeah. comment that you see uh, in every residential subdivision that's reviewed by this commission. It's been a standard comment by the fire department for probably the last seven or eight years. Uh, and it's just an extra layer of prevention because it, it's not as much geared towards uh, 
the proximity of fire stations to residential development as it is a concern by the fire department about the speed with which new construction uh, can uh, burn, uh, both because of open floor plans, uh, building materials, things like that, that there's some differences uh, in construction materials and, and floor plans that can cause certain buildings to burn faster than others, uh, which is why they feel a residential sprinkler system is recommended uh, because a sprinkler system would uh, reduce the amount of fire damage and loss of life from a residential structure fire uh, versus a structure that does not have that uh, equipment. Thank you. Commissioner Zellers. Um, one of the things, I think that this goes to Mr. Parks too, um, in uh, the report, is um, that the plan commission should consider how the project meets the sustainability objectives adopted as part of the Northeast Neighborhoods Development Plan. And that when I see something like that, it's always a little red flag um, on this. And um, particularly with the uh, distance, and I think that uh, uh, Alder Carter might have mentioned this, um, two and a half miles, I think, to the nearest uh, I'll stop. Um, what is the thinking really on the reduced dependence on the automobile? How this um, can meet that? Is there a transportation demand man? I mean, what? How can this meet that? Just as some background, when the Northeast Neighborhoods Development Plan was finished by staff. Uh, it was almost nearly a full year before it was ultimately adopted. Uh, and at the time that it was introduced for consideration, uh, there was a lot of concern expressed uh, by uh, members of the community, members of the Common Council and Planning Commission at the time about whether or not the plan was doing enough uh, for sustainability and was meeting the city's adopted goals towards sustainable development and service delivery. And at the time, uh, we were using the natural step uh, process to weigh impacts from a variety of things that the city did. Uh, size of your staff reports and plan commission packets was a natural step project in 2008 and 2009. And, and service delivery, whether or not we should have hybrid city vehicles, uh, new developments, things like that. We just took a number of different things through this uh, natural step program. And as the staff report notes, in 2009, uh, one of the TNS uh, projects was uh, looking at the sustainability components of the Northeast Neighborhoods Development Plan. And so the project or the, the development plan was put on hold for nearly a year. Uh, while the sustainability goals were looked at uh, in significant detail. And so, uh, as the report notes in March 2009, the five goals for the plan were identified and uh, were ultimately enshrined in the plan that was adopted in October 2009 uh, as goals and objectives for future development in the entire Northeast Neighborhoods planning area, uh, of which this is uh, I don't even think it's one hundredth of uh, the entire planning area. It's a very small portion of it. It's a very large planning area. It was actually 
only a portion of that original planning area was ultimately adopted by council. There's an area north of Burke Road uh, that remains unplanned. So the five uh, goals were identified and the goals are intended to be uh, reviewed as projects in the planning area come forward. And as I mentioned in my comments before the public hearing, this is the first project of any real consequence, uh, probably the first of only a few projects uh, within the entire planning area, whether it's an extraterritorial certified survey map or the city's uh, uh, reservoir in Felon Road, about a quarter mile west of here. We've only had a handful of projects in eight years, seven, eight years, uh, in the entire planning area. And this is by far the largest one, both in terms of land area, amount of development proposed, uh, and the amount of uh, impact that needs to be considered. So, uh, as noted beginning on page, bottom of page seven in the staff report, and continuing uh, through page 11, uh, we looked at how the project uh, complies. And in general, uh, really we're viewing for this project whether or not it's providing the connectivity that the plan calls for, uh, which we feel it is or will through the conditions of approval. Uh, in terms of TDM and how you would really enforce that in a single family subdivision, we have uh, no regulatory environment for that. Mm -hmm. uh, we can make sure that the project is consistent with the the adopted plan, which we feel by and large it is, uh, and that it's going to result in the compact and denser suburban development compared to historic norms in newly developing areas of the city. Uh, once there are rooftops out here, once there are better road connections uh, in this area, it will be more conducive to transit use. Uh, uh, transit service extensions are something of a significant uh, exception or asterisks when you consider that we have areas of the city that have been developed for 20 years that have uh, no regular bus service whatsoever, including uh, Midtown Commons on the west side. We've only within the last few years gotten uh, transit service to Grandview Commons. Both of those developments are traditional neighborhood developments. They're intended to be and have been largely developed as denser suburban developments or denser greenfield developments than historically would have been expected. And yet they still have no transit service. And it really boils down to the ability for Metro Transit, uh, uh, both physically and financially, to provide service in newly developing areas of the city. Uh, there was considerable discussion in 2009 when the plan was, uh, the neighborhood plan out here was adopted uh, about uh, when it would be served by transit, uh, and there were good intentions uh, by the uh, council, the mayor, uh, commissions, including the planning commission, and really what it boiled down to is we can't run buses through greenfields where there's no development to serve development once development happens when there are existing areas of the city that need more transit service or need transit service at all. So uh, unfortunately, uh, Metro will probably follow the development as it uh, emerges out here. Uh, it's not really suited to, to lead it. Thank you, that, that was helpful. I've got one, one other question sure. if I may. Um, I don't know whether you can explain any um, better at least from my understanding about why the trees would need to be taken down 
um, to promote stormwater management. I mean, again, I, I, the things I read say that trees help with, with uh, managing water, but can you help with that? Well, we, we certainly, there's, there's, a, a, there's probably a somewhat involved answer to this, but Outlot 4, and I will defer to Ms. Schmidt behind me on uh, more details about why not Outlot 4 in its current iteration, uh, but it had a lot to do with the fact that uh, a lot of woodland, uh, a fairly substantial slope, and wet soils equal bad for parkland. Uh, we want park in the, the neighborhood. The neighborhood plan called for the area to be preserved for stormwater management. Uh, to the extent that it would be possible to uh, provide the stormwater management that the project has to provide by city ordinance and state statute, uh, that water has to go uh, to the lowest points of the site, or it should go to the lowest points of the site, of which the northwest corner is, is one of them. And so... Uh, it happens that there are a number of trees in that corner. Uh, so where the uh, infiltration pond and the det detention pond will be built, usually those areas are uh, cleared of trees. Uh, we've had some very preliminary conversations with the city engineer, uh, Greg Fries, who's uh, the principal engineer for the stormwater utility. Uh, he's not averse to preserving trees in that outlet where they can be preserved. But the outlot, first and foremost, has to manage the stormwater that's going to be sent to it uh, in order for the project to go forward. So where it's possible to preserve trees, uh, where the trees uh, will not be negatively impacted by the stormwater management, including the construction and long-term maintenance of it, or the channel uh, that leads north from this site towards Lean Road, uh, there may be a possibility to preserve trees. Likewise, up the slope closer to D Street where Mr. Culkins, and this is uh, in the air of full disclosure, the first time that we've seen their uh, first cut at revising the plat to address staff comments. Uh, but that's generally where we envisioned lots would be on the north side of D Street. It's possible along the edge of what would be the new southern edge of Outlot 4 and the northern edge of those residential lots that um, there may be some opportunities for tree preservation. It'll depend on how those lots are graded and how uh, the grades for the stormwater management facilities will impact that tree line. Uh, we also don't have good information on the quality of those trees. Uh, if the trees are low quality or invasive, it may not be worth preserving them uh, because they're green now, yes, but in the long term they may be more problematic. So that's something that uh, we can look at more closely uh, as we revise the plat and look more at the detailed grading for the site as the first phases of the development come online. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I should probably point out, just uh, looking at this for the first time, that uh, the plan commission's recommendation should not be based on the graphic that's on the easel because uh, most noteworthy, it looks like maybe some of the uh, lots that had been identified originally for four-unit development have moved. Uh, you're going to be recommending to the sure. Common Council a legal description for the TRU-1 zoning and likewise the TRC-3 zoning. And uh, so the lots and the zoning districts have to match up. And that graphic, they might not match up. 
Sure. So uh, it should be based on the materials and the conditions that are in your packet. That's so understood. Then we'll continue to work with the applicant. Okay, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Poliski. Thank you. Um, back to the stormwater retention and the lots that would be next to it. One of the things that we talked about, if I recall, on the um, comprehensive plan for that area of the, the neighborhood was making sure that the houses were situated appropriately. If we've got um, wet soil and high grades, why are we planning to put houses there? There's no guarantee that all the lots that are shown there will end up uh, being approved. Uh, we know roughly where the hydro conclusions are. Uh, and we're going to, like the staff report alludes, uh, put those houses up the hill and out of the hydric soil. Uh, I think that this is a sincere effort by Mr. Calkins on behalf of his clients to uh, try and balance the numbers uh, and meet the conditions of approval. And there's details, uh, or there are details that will need to be worked out. Uh, between now and recording of the plat in terms of the uh, final number of lots, uh, as you'll note in the conditions of approval, the width of lots uh, was something that staff is recommending uh, that there be more variety. Uh, so it may not be that if 131 is the final number that they'll look the same as that graphic suggests or that they'll all be the same width. Uh, as that graphic seems to suggest, that's something that we're going to have to work through with the project team uh, moving forward from this evening. Okay. Any other questions by the commission? Uh, seeing none. Do we have uh, a motion here? Yes, um, Commissioner Pulaski. I move that we refer this plan for further consideration by planning staff after we have more details and a graphic that actually fits what we're talking about so that we can give it um, due consideration when we have the rest of the facts in hand. Um, I, can, I can defer to, to Mr. Parks um, if you'd like, but we're looking for a recommendation from the Planning Commission to the Council. Um, the only way that the Planning Commission could refer the item this evening due to our time constraints in review and approval or denial of subdivision applications is to get in writing from the applicant uh, a willingness to delay action on, on the item. And so we, we either need action from the Planning Commission in the form of an approval a denial or, or written um, agreement from the applicant to, to refer. Thank you. Can I move that we deny this plat? Do we have a second? Uh, seeing none. Um, Commissioner Rui. Uh, I'll move approval. And after that, I'll have a couple of changes if somebody seconds it. Do we have a second? Uh, Commissioner Shepard seconds the motion. Yes, Commissioner Rui. Okay, thank you. Uh, first, and it was brought up in my conversation, is as uh, a friendly change uh, in the in lieu of of uh, what's the that C Street not going, continuing up through the plat, that there be a bike path uh, from north south where C Street would be 
all the way up to lot four. And that 20 foot dedication, similar to what you see in uh, item uh, condition three on page 11, the 20 foot easement, uh, north south easement. Uh, part of that goes through parkland, and that would be, have to be worked out with the parks if that's where the parkland does go. Okay. That's um, okay. Is that a friendly amendment? I was hoping it's friendly. That's your amendment, I, uh, with your motion. Pardon? Is it, uh, I'm assuming it's friendly. The, the other thing I would disagree with Mr. Parks on is on uh, page 12, uh, item number 10, delete lot 2, but then put replace it with lot 1. Lot 2 is incorrect for starters, and uh, put in lot 1. Uh, that can that can come back to us after they've consulted more closely with traffic, and if it changes uh, for the final plat, so be it. But I want to at least put on record that it should be at this point. Lot two is part of that restriction. I mean, lot one, excuse me. And lot two was incorrectly placed in here in the first place. And Mr. Parks would like to address that. I would just like to note for the plan commission that uh, putting the restriction on lot one with the plat would require resolution of the common council to remove uh, that restriction uh, under 236.293, oh. uh, whereas, which is why we were leaving it open. Although Mr. Ruiz's uh, removal of number two is is correctly noted. Thank you. Okay, let me clarify that uh, we are getting a final plat coming back. Um, the final plat is before you tonight. I, I thought I was saying a preliminary plat because everything's being changed. I think that's why we have all the conditions on it with, um, that would be worked out with uh, city staff. Well, I'd like to change that then, uh, that traffic take a close look at out lot two in terms of access, or lot two in terms of access, traffic section. Is that a friendly amendment by this body? Of no. lot one? Of lot one? Or lot one. <clears throat> okay, so that's, we would need to vote on that. If we, it, it was that, okay. Um, the applicant would like to speak to that condition. Uh, would the commission members allow the applicant to speak? Is that appropriate for you all? The reopening the hearing? Okay. We'll do that. Thank you very much. Mr. Calkins? I, I think we're on the same page here. We'd like to bet through some of the conditions and get a better plan for everybody to approve here, too. And so, you know, delaying it two weeks or, yeah. The issue we have with the final and preliminary running together is some contractual obligations for a closing. And so that, you know, doing the preliminary first and then going to the final causes some hardship there from the meeting the requirements of the contract. So if we can take a couple weeks to work with staff, bring something back more definite, we're, we'd rather see that happen than you guys decide, deny, or approve right now. So, uh, Would the commission like to uh, refer this for two weeks? Uh, would Mr. Rui, uh, Commissioner Rui, remove your motion? Yeah, um, uh, that'd be fine. I see. If we, if we get it in writing from the uh, applicant. 
I'm assuming we'll receive something in writing from um, the developer in this case. We can we can receive that, but now it is on the on public record. So apologies. I think verbally okay. here at the planning commission is is okay. adequate. Okay. I, no, no, no. I, I think we have it on record now that um, that you're referring it for two weeks, and I think the commission members would be pleased if that happened. We would have a more thorough plan. Staff would have the ability to look at your plan, and a lot of the questions I think that we have tonight would be probably resolved. So are there any other questions that we should have staff look at for the, the, for the two weeks? Um, Sorry, I'm still on. <laughs> Commit, uh, Commissioner, are, are you through? First, I'd like to move referral. Okay. If I get a second. Second. Okay. Uh, speaking on the referral, I, I think staff heard some things that we talked about tonight, um, including that north-south. In my, in my terms, uh, the woods up at the out lot up at the northeast <coughs> end, uh, the extension of Street C as a bike path up to out lot four. <laughs> And the issue of access from Lot 1 to Reiner Road has to be clearly uh, vetted with traffic section, not, and uh, I'd like to see something in writing from them on that. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have some other uh, commission members that would like to speak as well. Commissioner Berger. Um, yes, so I guess I would, I, I'm glad that we're able to do a referral and we can get something that everybody um, feels good about passing along. Um, so I, I know that Commissioner Gray mentioned it, but I would hope that the staff could maybe help us um, put together a condition. I, I would like to see something that just says, um, you know, that they're going to do what they can for tree preservation in whatever number that Northwest Outlet ends up being and um, hopefully have um, a little better idea of what that, where the retention pond or infiltration pond or whatever would, would be. Um, and I guess I just wanted to say in general, I feel like um, I understand parks um, doing good work in trying to make sure that we have active spaces for, you know, games and people to run and play and do all those things. But I, I think it's kind of a shame to sometimes lose some of these natural areas that could have been really neat. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that this for sure could have been, but, um, you know, just because something has steep grades and lots of trees and, you know, it's kind of wonky. I, I think of Hyde Park, you know, plopped in the middle of the west side, and I'm not sure that that would, you know, certain parts of that would get passed today, but it's a really neat area um, to be in. So, anyways, I, I, it would be nice if we could also put attention on, you know, um, embracing some of these more natural areas when they're possible in new development. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Shepard. I just want to comment that we are clear in terms of if this is in terms of the referral what we're looking for when this comes back to us, not just sort of open-ended. I mean, if there, again, things may come up in the continued review of this application, but some of them may, and I think some of these have already been addressed in terms of uh, Commissioner Rui. Um, some of the issues that he's mentioned. I just want to make sure it's clear what are some of the key things that we're looking at when sure. this comes back to us. Thanks. Yes, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Carter. I think oh. Here I am. I think it was already mentioned, but I would like to see um, at least plans for an additional access to the park. Okay. 
Okay, uh, we have a motion with a second to refer this item for uh, two weeks or to the, our next planning commission meeting. Uh, all those uh, with uh, the items that the commission members have asked staff to uh, review with the developer. Um, all those in favor of the motion, signify by saying aye. Uh, all those opposed, nay. Motion carries. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, we have one last item on the agenda. That's item number nine. Uh, Let's start four five five two eight. Uh, consideration of a request to rezone uh, property and modify restrictive covenants uh, for four two four six Dayton Road, uh, Town of Burke, to allow additional outdoor display of recreational equipment for Mad City Power Sports. In, satisf in satisfaction of a development review uh, provisions in the town of Burke, village of DeForest, uh, city of Sun Prairie, and city of Madison cooperative plan. Um, I will op open the public hearing. Uh, we have uh, individuals here um, in support available to answer questions. Uh, those include Rachel Holloway, um, at uh, 161 Horizon Drive in Verona with uh, JDS Professional Services. Uh, Hans uh, Justison with JDS uh, Professional Services uh, available, uh, in support, available to answer questions. And George Vadisnicks. Uh, 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 4246 uh, Dato Road in support available to answer questions. Um, do we have a uh, do we have commission members that have questions for these individuals? Uh, Commissioner Rui. Uh, thank you. I was hoping for a re uh, staff report first. Okay. <laughs> Commissioner uh, Staff Member Parks. It was a promotion. For yes, the I was going to give you a promotion yeah, tonight. And raise. Although I remember this is a non-paying position. So <laughs> actually, you have the gratitude of the city. However, uh, yes, 4246 Danthill Road, Town of Burke, uh, is before you uh, due to the development requirements provision of our 2007 agreement with the town. That also uh, includes the village of DeForest and the city of Sun Prairie. Uh, the applicant is seeking to rezone uh, just under 11,000 square feet at the northernmost tip of what is otherwise roughly a 12-acre uh, site comprised of three parcels. Uh, they have a 21,000 square foot power sports dealership on lot two, which is the middle site. It's zone C2. Uh, the rest of the site was zoned agriculturally by Dane County uh, when the uh, dealership was constructed around 2009. Uh, because the uh, agreement with the Town of Burke notes that any rezoning from agriculture or residential zoning in Dane County uh, to a non-agricultural or non-residential zoning district is considered development, uh, that's what brings this question before you tonight. Uh, the proposal is to use legally the area north of Token Creek, which runs through uh, the site, uh, for outdoor display of merchandise uh, related to the dealership located on lot two. Uh, we are uh, 
generally supportive of the request that's before you. Uh, this is something of a unique proposal uh, to come before the Planning Commission and possibly uh, one of only two that I can recall in any such of our cooperative plans uh, that have this sort of provision, including Blooming Grove, Middleton, and Burke, uh, that have come to the Planning Commission for any review. And so uh, the requirement under the cooperative plan is that development uh, as defined, including this rezoning proposal, uh, be reviewed uh, using our development requirements, which include the subdivision regulations, one applicable stormwater management ordinance, chapter 37, the zoning code, uh, and the sign code, chapter 31. And in this case, uh, because Chapter 37 would apply and because Chapter 28 apply, we have conditions before you that uh, stormwater management and erosion control be provided per Chapter 37 as required by the city engineer. Uh, we're establishing a setback from Token Creek as required by state administrative code. And we're recommending that the parking lot uh, that's subject to the rezoning be landscaped in accordance with our zoning code. And in general, the purpose of these requirements uh, is to uh, provide development that is consistent with what would be required uh, if it was occurring in the city. And secondly, to create a better regulatory environment for this use uh, so that at such time as the final attachment of the town of Burke occurs in approximately 19 and a half years, but who's counting, uh, that uh, the site may be more conforming uh, with city ordinances that will take effect at that time than if it were uh, not reviewed against their development requirements and perhaps then be uh, more non-conforming at that future time. So I'd be happy to answer any detailed questions after the public hearing. Uh, but again, we are uh, supportive with the conditions outlined in the staff report. Thank you. I have opened the public hearing. I've recognized uh, three individuals that are in support and available to answer questions. Uh, do the commission members have questions for any of the registrants? Commissioner Rui. Thank you. I, I wanted to ask someone, uh, when was this site first graded for outdoor display? And when did you first put the equipment on it prior to you taking it off more recently? Do we have an individual that could speak to that question? And you are? Hans Justice and GSD okay. Professional okay. Services. My first question is when did you first grade it out for the display area? Uh, we did not grade it out. It was in existing condition. Uh, prior to uh, Mr. Vitesnik taking ownership of this, I actually was involved with the site in, I believe it was 2002 or 2003 with the prior owner, and this site existed as it does today. Uh, I recall it being graded and gravel put on more recently than 2002. Uh, we, we did not grade it and place gravel on it. This was an existing condition to the best of my memory. But I do recall seeing... Uh, display uh, equipment being displayed on it more recently. The original owner displayed equipment on it and yes uh, Mr. Betesnik has displayed equipment on it and then as the staff report notes uh, there was a violation noted okay. hence why we are uh, coming before to 
make sure that we are legally compliant with uh, displaying uh, merchandise there as uh, the previous owner did. Okay. Question I've got is, do you intend to put put any lighting in this area? No, we don't intend to do any improvements other than just displaying the merchandise. Daytime display. No, no lighting. Uh, we do not anticipate putting any lighting. So it would no. be okay that if one of our recommendations to county zoning was be no lighting allowed on this site? Uh, yeah, we're we're fine with no lighting. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? Yeah, and I want I want to clarify why I asked that because uh, lighting on this particular site at night is a distraction to the interstate, especially when you're taking that exit, uh, Highway 51 exit. So any lighting would be a distraction and a problem for motorists. That's why I brought it up. Uh, any other questions uh, for this uh, speaker? Seeing none. Thank you very much. Um, any question? I'll, are there any questions for any of the other registrants? So seeing none, uh, close the public hearing. Uh, any questions for city staff? Yes, Commissioner Rui. Yeah, thank you. Uh, one more, one more question back there, Mr. Parks. Uh, the person administers this is a county zoning office. Um, yes, Commissioner, um, Mr. Parks. There I am with the temporary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, this is subject to Dane County zoning until the so, uh, town of Burke uh, goes out of business in uh, 2036. We do not have extraterritorial zoning uh, in the town of Burke. I believe we can establish it for our agreement, but we have not uh, heretofore. So would it be proper for us to recommend with the approval that there be no lighting uh, forward, that there be no lighting on this uh, parcel, uh, forwarding that to county zoning? I think we could include that recommendation. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner yeah. Lee. Um, Commissioner Carter. Yes, um, and maybe I'm just missing it, but is there any signage on this property? Um, you, you said I'm you were doing no equipment. Getting display. an indication from the applicants that there is no signage on the site. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, Commissioner Rui, do you have a question? No, I was going to move, move approval okay. with the condition forwarding uh, the. Uh, Request the county zoning that no lighting would be allowed on this parcel. Do we? We have a second uh, to the Mr. Commissioner Rui's motion by Commissioner King. Uh, any commission members have any discussion? It appears none. All those in favor of the motion, signify by saying aye. Aye. Uh, those opposed, nay. Motion carries. Thank you. Uh, the next item of uh, Plan Commission business is business by members. Um, are there any business by members? Seeing none. Uh, Secretary's report. Thank you. At our, at our next meeting on February 20th, we'll have a presentation from economic development staff on this, the Connect Madison Economic Development Strategy, which is in your packet for this evening. Please, please do hold on to that um, for next time we're together. We'll also hear um, a, a rezoning request for property owned, currently owned by the CUNA Mutual, um, and it's at Odana Road and Mineral Point Road, 
um, property would be rezoned from mixed-use center to suburban employment, and we'll be also reviewing a, a preliminary plat and certified survey map along with that, anticipating a, a new employer in that area. Um, 715 West Dayton Street, uh, a look at the UW-Madison's new SURF building. So we'll have that before us next time we're together. And then um, another notable item, uh, conditional use to construct an addition to the stadium at Warner Park, the, the Mallard Stadium. And then as, as we discussed earlier, we'll have a February 23rd work session from 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Um, location to be determined soon. I think that the main focus of that meeting, as we've talked about, will be the comprehensive plan. We'll look at that for at least the first hour, probably 90 minutes. And then at the end, we'll take a look at the, um, the draft um, early recommendations on the High Point Raymond Neighborhood Development Plan, which will also be at the Long Range Transportation uh, Commission that, that same evening. So looking forward to that meeting on the 23rd. And then finally, um, on March 6th, uh, the one notable item here, we're, we're expecting to see an office building with a university tenant in Urban Design District 1 at Tradewinds Parkway, and that would involve a rezoning from the Light Industrial District to suburban employment and a conditional use. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner King. I, I just have a quick question since you sort of brought it up. Um, given the controversy on the High Point neighborhood plan and uh, the whole big point about public input, do you think maybe we shouldn't have those two things on the same night. Or the comprehensive plan in the High Point Raymond neighborhood yeah. development plan. Because, um, I mean, because that group that's organized around that particular issue mm -hmm. is um, very vocal about their participation in the process and might see that as a I see. A, mm -hmm. a way to subvert their participation or their input. Or are you thinking that because that's a work session, it's not really a public? No, it's absolutely a public meeting. And we're actually thinking that it, it makes it much more convenient to appear before two different bodies in one evening. Okay. The okay. two meetings are, are going to be held um, both starting at 5 o'clock. But we'll focus at the plan commission for the first 90 minutes on the comprehensive plan. And the same staff team that will be presenting High Point Raymond at Long Range okay. will then come over to, to the plan commission work session. That makes and sense. So, so maybe we, I'll do We think it's actually most convenient for, um, for residents that are interested in the issues. We'll see you at the meeting, Commissioner King. Okay. Let's hope not. Um, we have announcements. Uh, do we have any announcements? No announcements. Uh, adjournment. Motion by Commissioner Rui with second by Commissioner King. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Those opposed, nay. Motion carries. Okay.